Hi, Peter Borker here, and welcome to today's edition of the Transition Guy. Now, joining me today in the studio is Dr. Robin Rosenberg, who is the CEO and founder of Live in Their World. Welcome to today's show, Robin. Thank you so much for having me, Peter. I'm excited to be here. So, for the audience, please tell us a little bit about your company and why you started it in the first place. Sure. Um, my company provides what we call civility training. It's um, helping people understand uh, more deeply issues of bias and disrespect and how that plays out in the workplace and then upskilling people for respectful engagement because none of us is ever gonna get it all right. Um, and so how do, we, how do we handle that? Um, I started the company because I, I was doing some research in virtual reality when um, in the US Trayvon Martin was killed and then George Zimmerman, um, his murderer was acquitted. And that led to Black Lives Matter here in the States. And that led some white people to say either all lives matter or white lives matter. And not that I presume to know the lived experience of being black in the US, but I thought I knew enough to wonder whether uh, well, first, I think this was a profound failure of understanding of the lived experience and whether virtual reality could help. Um, I had been doing some research in VR and, and followed it for years. Long story short, fast forward, I uh, talked to a venture capitalist when I was living in San Francisco, and he thought it was a great idea. And after Me Too movement, he contacted me and said, Remember that idea you had, we'd like to fund you to do a proof of concept for gender. And I did that and we got both amazing data because um, of course, for me, the, the idea is first do no harm and, and interventions can be har create harm. So we didn't do that. We got great data, but also the people in our study said, this is the best training I've ever had. This is amazing. You know, can you do more of this? You know, was really affirming. So that's, that's kind of how we started the company. It's really to put people in the shoes of folks from different demographic groups or, or positions in a, in a workspace to help understand what that's like and really upskill three different positions that all of us will be in in a work week. The person who was dissed disrespected the person who saw it and understood what happened and the person who often inadvertently was disrespectful and in all cases we're like so what do i do now right what do i do now and so that's what we're trying to upskill people what do you do now or even how do you prevent this do you think there's been more of that during the whole covid pandemic interesting question um, my, from talking to folks, my understanding is uh, yes and no, that all of the old types of disrespect simply transferred online, you know, in virtual meetings. It's not that virtual meetings made that any less uh, painful or frequent, but I think people also realize how bad it's been and wanting to be kind to each other. Uh, but again, a lot of this is just simple lack of awareness. And so that's where I think people have, have wanted to do better, but don't necessarily know how. 
And that's where the whole training comes in. Do you think that, because when we look at it, for many people, we're now in the second year of COVID, potentially now going into the third year, which really people were not prepared for. I mean, initially people were talking about, yeah, be over in three months. And here we are 24 months later, the new Omicron virus has been sort of recently sort of just come out. That tunnel keeps on moving. It keeps on getting darker where people thought there may be light at the end of the tunnel. It isn't happening. And I'm just wondering what impact that's having on people's behavior. So one of the things we know about um, stress, we know a lot of things actually in, in psychology about stress. And when you have an acute stress, you know, people mobilize, right? And they, they can often do a really good job of mobilizing. It's especially when it's time limited, mm. you know, um, which is what we thought COVID would be initially. When the stress continues, it becomes chronic. And, you know, you have to shift gears, if you will. So, you know, the difference between a sprint and a marathon, which is very common uh, metaphor for entrepreneurs, um, and it, it becomes a marathon. The I think part of what's happening in the world now is we we thought we knew how long this marathon was, how many kilometers or miles we had to run, and unfortunately, the marathon distance keeps getting longer. So we're prepared and pacing ourselves for a certain amount of running or the tunnel, if you will, being a certain length, right? Okay, we, we're, we're okay, you know, kind of moving forward in the dark because we, even if we can't see the light at the end of the tunnel, we, we know it's there and we'll hit there really soon, right? Like I'll see it soon. But when we think we see the tunnel, we see it, we actually see the tunnel and all of a sudden it's a mile longer. Yeah. the tunnel it just you know it's that that light keeps moving further and further away and it's incredibly destabilizing and i think that's one of the things that we're noticing is a lot of people they rely on a degree of certainty if it's going to be bad and they know it's going to be bad it's fine but if it's going to be bad and they don't know how long that bad is for Thing that's been the big challenge for a lot of people it's like they've been running they've been running a race to only realize that the race that they've been running has been the wrong race what, one of the things that we know from the stress um, literature is that when you tell people kind of something bad is coming we don't know exactly what it is and for how long or or for how long that is the trifecta of cre inducing stress you know, that people can do pretty darn well when they know what it is, how bad it's going to get, how long it's going to be. But with, with the new variant, you know, Omicron, you know, we don't know. We don't know how bad it's going to be. We don't know how long it's going to last. You know, for those people who are vaxxed, vaccinated, we, we have thought on multiple occasions, okay, now there's, now we're, we're really at the end of the tunnel. I can see people, I can go back to work, I can, you know, in, in, in person, I can, you know, live my life, supply chain issues will be over, 
um, you know, might for in, in workplace for business owners or, or leaders, you know, okay, things can get back to whatever this new normal is going to be with hybrid, but it just keeps shifting and there is no opportunity. This is the new normal. Unknown is the new normal. Unknown confusion is a new normal. So how do, and most people are not equipped to deal with that because if you think about it, most people in the last 30 to 40 years, yes, we've gone through some recessions. 0809, the great financial crisis was probably one of the biggest financial hits they've ever gone through. But the reality is for most people, they haven't had war. They've had a fed, I mean, they've had access to education. I mean, it's been a fairly civilized world compared to what people have been used to in the past. I mean, you go back to this sort of the 20s and 30s and 40s when we've had war after war after war. I mean, there was war, persecution and everything. In the Middle East, yes, they've had their fair share of war. But people had that degree of stability. And I suppose to a degree, they got used to a different norm. Right. And now we've got supply chain issues. We've got recruitment issues. We've got COVID issues. We've got inflationary issues. I mean, we've got probably four or five things to cope with all at once on a global scale. What kind of things can people start doing to help themselves A, adapt to this situation and B, be more resilient with coping with it? One of the things is, is a word that you mentioned, which is expectations. Um, I think the expectation that things will go back to normal, that when you come out of the tunnel, it'll be sort of a version of how it was, um, is, is not helpful. So part of it is, you know, people talk about the new normal, is uncertainty and needing to be nimble and pivot. So if, and, and that's unfortunate for people who um, by personality, have a, 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 a high desire for certainty. So there, you know, there are personality differences in this and some people really crave certainty and predictability um, and uh, they're not likely to be entrepreneurs because <laughs> it's a very uncertain path, but even for people who, you know, in their leadership have people who with high need or high desire for certainty, it really is cultivating um, at least a tolerance for unpredictability and needing to pivot and change, and that there really isn't certainty. That it's an it was an it was always an illusion, but that's never been more clear than now. Yeah, and I think I think you hit on a point there that although entrepreneurs may be better suited towards pivoting and changing because there's a sheer nature of what an entrepreneur needs to do very often the workforce they work for somebody else because they want that stability right and in most cases when you're in that workplace there has been stability there has been a degree of stability but even right. now there isn't that stability anymore but what's that's really interesting is probably leadership teams when leading their people they're also are not equipped to be giving counseling and guidance to their employees and their teams on how to get through it. 
So you're probably getting employees that are working through a high level of stress, exactly. both at work or at home, which probably makes matters a lot more worse. Yes. I mean, I mean we're talking about the great resignation right now. And for some people, the great resignation is going to be the absolute right thing to do. But I think a lot of people have done the great resignation out of a coping strategy due to the fact that there's uncertainty out there. And, okay, I need a change without knowing what that change looks like. And they're going to end up back in employment down the line because actually their decision-making around that isn't crystal clear. And when you go to work for yourself, it's not as easy as the romance would lead you to would lead you to believe you 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 yourself know that being an entrepreneur exactly and coaching entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs in their family um but but i think that you let me unpack a couple of things that you said about the great resignation so my intuition has been that really part of what the great resignation has been about is people got burnt out during sort of the first wave of COVID and working from home and really wanted a change, right? That they wanted to learn something new. They wanted new meaning and purpose. You know, meaning and purpose became a, a bigger issue. And um, it, it, it just, COVID kind of left a yucky taste in people's mouths. Mm out their work if I don't know exactly how to describe it but you know everyone pitched in and did incredibly well under very adverse circumstances right that's acute stress response right mm. really and then it became chronic and the chronic nature of it for many people not all people just was like I you know I've been there done that I just want to meet new people <laughs> I want to do something new I just want something new like a palate cleanser Maybe I'll take some time off between jobs. Um, so, you know, at some point, the great resignation becomes the great onboarding. And, you know, it's already happening where people have their new job and they're getting onboarded either well or poorly, depending on the company and, and you know, the leadership team and their manager, um, the hiring manager and, and their manager. So then the onboarding process is really a whole other story, if you will, particularly as people are hiring folks who can't be in office full time. They're hiring from a, a wider talent pool geographically. And so, you know, this is the new normal. There is the uncertainty of how hybrid or all remote will play out over time when we don't have to do it that way. But um, I, I think the, there's a sense in which we're almost over the great resignation and it's really now the great onboarding. And that's good to hear from an employer's perspective because for a big part, I mean, especially in the UK with a million job vacancies, we're close to a million. Those a million people didn't just disappear. Right. They were always there. As you said, perhaps they took time out between jobs before they decided to, okay, I'm going to go back into the job market. Right, exactly. So it, so it, even though there are openings, 
those are going to be filled. All those people, maybe some will leave the job market, but many of them will now start, you know, maybe after the holidays, start looking in earnest for a new job, which may or may not be full-time, may or may not be within commuting distance, but, um, you know, and you'll have people graduating and looking for jobs. So I, I think, yes, it's been, how do we retain the people we want to retain or can we? And that's always a good question to ask. I, you know, I think again, that with the whole COVID mess, people forgot about the really good, competent people and how to keep them. And, you know, that was part of the great resignation. As we're going into a new year, so we're looking at 2022 and entrepreneurs are thinking, okay, it's going to be another, not just entrepreneurs, but people in business, whether they're employees, leadership team, or actually founder owners, they're looking at 2022. What advice can you give them to help them equip themselves for the next year ahead? One is, is uh, more realistic expectations of change and pivoting will be inevitable and really upskilling your teams. And, and in a sense, really clearly making explicit you know, that part of the culture is about being nimble, uh, which, you know, is always in a sense true for entrepreneurs, but again, for individual contributors or managers, it's, you know, this is probably how it's going to be there. And, and, and although we talk about it or joke about it as entrepreneurs and startups, we, we need to really live this. And, and some of it is soliciting from your folks of, how can we help you be resilient when the landscape, we anticipate the landscape ever changing, right? So it's, it's the expect, first you wanna create the expectation of that there won't be stability. I mean, the stability is we're here. We wanna help you, our employees, you know, what can we do? Tell us how we can help you. That's the stability. Right. In that sense, mm-hmm. we are the infrastructure for you. So let us know what you need as you sort of your workload becomes uh, or the way that you work becomes unpredictable and things are thrown at you. So there is stability within chaos, if that makes sense. And it's highlighting that, but it is also setting the expectation that we can make these plans. We can have quarterly goals. We can have annual goals. We can have you know, product plans, but they may have to change and it will be heartbreaking for us to give our all to these plans and then have to throw them out the window. Um, and these, it, it's, it's how you look at it. These become exercises in, with these boots on the ground circumstances, what do we wanna do? but knowing it may have to change. So people get, it also shifts how invested people get. If they, you know, maybe they won't put their heart and soul into it. They'll, they'll always have um, a pulse on, well, if things change, what could we do differently, right? It's a way of thinking nimbly instead of thinking that there's a stable trajectory. Do you think perhaps we need to change what the light at the end of the tunnel looks like? Because maybe sure. the light is different now. For sure. Absolutely. You know, we don't know for how long supply chain issues will be an issue. We don't know what the work 
situation will look like if we're in a post-COVID world. You know, the whole hybrid, remote, in-person issue is is really it's an experiment that will differ based on leadership preferences, based on what segment of the market you're in, you know, sort of what who your team is, all kinds of factors. So um, things will not go back to how they were before. That is absolutely for sure. Um, I think it can help to think modularly, both in terms of projects, you know, for instance, well, this is what we're planning for this new product, but if we have issues, what can we swap out and do differently, right? So sort of thinking that way, which is a really different way of thinking um, you know, either COVID issues or supply chain issues or, or sort of consumer related issues. Um, but also within the company of thinking modularly, like, well, maybe we'll do, you know, hybrid for this working group and this working group can be remote unless they're cross-functional issues where people come in and, you know, so it's really thinking swap about modules and how they can be swapped out or their their needs addressed uniquely it may not be the company as a whole it may just be working groups no that's fair enough that's fair enough now do you you on your website you have some resources that can help people sure we we have a lot of uh, resources on our website in particular on our publications page Um, we always have a free download Uh, we it's a white paper or an ebook. Uh, the current one is the psychology of leading with respect. Um, it's managing more effectively and, and managing better. Which is probably needed right now more than ever. Yes. So one of the things we know about incivility and disrespect in the workplace is it is incredibly costly. It is Uh, to the organization and to the employees in a variety of ways, leading with respect not only reduces those costs, but we know that when organizations are led with respect, leaders, managers, you get enhanced um, productivity, enhanced effectiveness. Uh, You know, the bottom line is better. Products are better, sales are better. It's just all around um, a financial advantage and retention, right? So here we, this is where we get into the, uh, you don't have the great resignation problems where people leave because, you know, they'd rather work somewhere else. People may leave because they want to grow and they can't grow, but that's, that happens everywhere. It does. Fantastic. And to get that download, all they do is they go to www.liveintheworld.com slash publications. Exactly. We, be, people can feel free to contact me on our website, liveintheworld.com. You know, there's a contact us. We provide executive coaching. We provide leadership training. And we have a subscription as a service program for all organizations or teams for upskilling for respectful engagement. Which is going to be one of, obviously one of the key areas going into 2022. And it's quite interesting what I tend to find. We've got this hybrid of leadership out there where we've got many leaders that are now on this new program, but we've got very much a lot of older leadership that are stuck in industrial age thinking. 
And it's just a total mismatch and it's going to have to be a change because if we don't change, then people will choose to change for themselves. Yeah, that's so right. Well, and then about different expectations. Yeah. yeah. So really, at the end of the day, the tunnel's going to be long and dark. You've got to just work out what you need to do to be able to navigate that tunnel, both for yourself and for those around you, whether it's your leadership team, team members, family members, help other people navigate. Because until we get, if we get stuck in the tunnel and we lose hope, that's when the bad stuff happens. Right. Bring, we need flashlights and we need leaderships to really rally the troops when they flag, um, when they get tired in the tunnel because now it's longer. Yeah. We, we really need leadership to help people rally, if you will. Yeah, and this is probably when, yeah, and we're probably right now in what mountaineers climbing Everest yeah. are referred to as the death zone. Yeah. We're so close to the summit. Yeah, unless we keep our wits about us. This is when probably most companies will end up going bust because so close to the finish line, yet didn't quite make it because they ran out of oxygen. In this case, oxygen being hope. Right and mental resilience. Well, thank you for being such a great guest. If anything's resonated with you today and you want more information, just head over over to balka.com and get in touch. If you love today's episode, please like it, subscribe so you don't miss further episodes and share it with others that may benefit. And most importantly, remember failing to learn is learning to fail. So please stay safe. Robin, you've been amazing. Thank you so much.